Art is too important not to share. Welcome to the Allie and Callie Artcast. Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Callie. And we're with the Arts and Culture Alliance. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. We're here from the Hive in Coeur d'Alene again. And the it's, space that we love. Yes, and it's July. We're in the middle of July, and it's another beautiful day in Coeur d'Alene. Yes, it is. Coeur d'Alene. As I like to say. Right. <laughs> I never say that. <laughs> you just made that I up. I just made that up. You're so silly. I know. I'm goofy. <laughs> goofy girl. Oh. So what's going on? Well, let's see. What's going on? Well, I think my yard is done. Yay. I know. I'm feeling positive about it. Yeah, good. I'm crossing my fingers that that deck has been finished, and my lawn is green, Mm -hmm. and it survived all the heat, and everything is great. Yay. And how about you? Well, things are going well. Hendrix is growing Mm -hmm. and is just the little light of my life. Cutie pie. Such a cutie pie. We had a great visit with my mom. She's amazing. Yes, she is. She's an artist in, um, formerly from Philadelphia, but just recently moved to Gainesville, Virginia. Right. And um, a cool thing about what's going on with her, um, she's turning 88 this year. Isn't that amazing? But she has decided, she lives in a little senior neighborhood. Right. And she decided to get a studio at this artist commune, which used to be the Lorton Prison in Virginia, in Lorton, Virginia. Mm -hmm. And um, they closed the prison years ago and they turned it into an artist colony. And Mm. she was able to rent a studio there. And she's really enjoying talking to other artists, you know, having that connection with other artists. And it gives her something to do. She gets up, she leaves the house and goes to her studio and she does amazing art. I've seen some of her work. She's really great. Yeah, yeah. she's she's very abstract, very I experimental, mm-hmm. which I love. And of course, that is what I grew up with. Right. So um, it's, it's, it's always fun having her come out here and visit. Yeah, she's so much fun. Yeah, we love is. Mary. Yep. Um, I just want to remind our listeners, if you're uh, listening, just, you know, comment and say, hi, we're out there. And if there's somebody you really would love us to talk with. Oh, yeah. We'd love your suggestions. Yeah, because we've we've got quite a list going, but we love to hear more ideas on people that you'd love us to speak with. Right. Like last last couple of weeks... Um, we got a comment on Tyler Davis's interview from mm-hmm. somebody who said that they love our podcast mm-hmm. and then told a little story that um, Tyler's interview reminded them of. Yeah, that was And fun. that was really cute, and I was able to share that with Tyler, and he really appreciated yeah, that. That's so just that fun. was fun. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, so who do we have on today? So we have the amazingly talented Gary Edwards here today. Yes, we do. <laughs> Hello, Gary. Gary, thanks for being here. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Nice to see you. Wow. Yeah. Well, every I'm always really amazed and overwhelmed at uh, everything, everything he, does. he does. So much. Yes. He, uh, he's he been doing a Composer, lot. Composer, so, writer, video, uh, producer. Producer, musician, filmmaker, musician, yep. filmmaker. What else? Translator, what else? book writer. There you go. <coughs> right? You speak sp- uh, 
fluent Spanish, don't you? Si. Si, si, si. si senor. Si, senorita. Yeah. Um, translator and uh, former music teacher. Uh, see, I was a social worker for 40 years. Oh, wow. For a day job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, that's one thing I didn't know. Okay, I worked for the state of Idaho, did child protection investigations, and uh, oh, wow. ended up supervising for five years. Wow. So, an all around troublemaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I just have fun. Yeah. That's, and that's important. Um, you have a lot of things going on. Why don't you tell us a little bit about? what you have. Well, thanks. Well, I have a lot of projects going on, and I found that if I try to do them all, I get nothing done, so I have, <laughs> to, I have to set a priority and focus on one project at a time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so by the time the uh, audience listens to this, I will have produced a tribute to Mildred Bailey. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. She was at our Riverstone concert right. on... Uh, what day was that? Today, um, at, uh, the 9th of July, uh, 8th, 8th of July. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, C.C. Curtis. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's... tell us a little bit about that first. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, how much time do you have? Yeah, <laughs> we have time. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, one day I was walking outside the Human Rights Education Institute, leaving the building, and I saw Quana Matheson, and uh, he's uh, was with the uh, cultural part of the Coeur d'Alene Casino. Mm-hmm. So we started talking about telling stories that aren't usually told or taught in the public schools. And uh, we both had an interest in that and a passion for that. So uh, I asked him, well, what do you think would be the first story that you would want to tell? And he said, Mildred Bailey. And uh, it so happened that I would, had been working on Mildred Bailey and uh, interested in her life. Mm-hmm. So Mildred Bailey was a Coeur d'Alene tribal member. She was born in Tico, Washington, around 1900, and uh, she was very famous, probably the most famous Coeur d'Alene tribal member ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, what she was was uh, 100 years ago, she was a singer, singing on the Paul Whiteman radio show and making number one hits time after time after time uh, throughout the 20s, 30s, and up to the 40s and 50s. Wow. So that was quite an amazing story. And uh, people thought that she was black, but she didn't uh, deny that she was Native American. She just didn't. Uh, focus on that. So, mm-hmm, right. uh, but she was proud of her heritage and proud of being a Coeur d'Alene tribal member. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then uh, we decided to work on that project together. And uh, so what I did was, uh, Quana introduced me to Cecilia Curtis, who goes by the name Cece. Mm-hmm. Very nice, very gracious, very lovely, talented woman. Lovely yes, woman, yes. Very friendly, very personable. So anyway, it turns out that Cece was a singer. And she had been working on the Mildred Bailey songs uh, and got interested in it through the Catholic Church where she worked and was a faithful member. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she was focusing on Mildred Bailey songs. So we picked out 15 songs uh, to put together for a concert. And basically what I did was I I couldn't find any sheet music for the songs. So I uh, got the records and I listened to the records and I transcribed the music and put it on sheet music. Wow. And I estimate it took me about 300 hours to do that. Oh, boy. So I wrote it up for an eight-piece orchestra, including Cece and, uh, uh-huh. you know, piano, flute, xylophone, saxophone, drums, bass, and tried to make it sound as close to the original recorded uh, music as possible. So uh, we had our first concert in November of 2018 at the Coeur d'Alene Tribal Casino. It went over very well. Just had a lovely time, and uh, mm-hmm. I got up and did a few little uh, skits with Cece and had a good, great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were there. Oh, well, great. <laughs> well, I actually had one audience member tell me it was the best show they'd ever seen. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, a lot of it was very, very successful. 
So we did it six more times or six times altogether in 2018 and then uh, did it a few times in 2019, but then the virus hit. So we only did it once in 2020. Mm -hmm. But uh, then we got this uh, sponsorship. Uh, you said it was anonymous, but I guess I can mention that it was the Arts and Culture Alliance. Oh. Well, the Arts and Culture Alliance promotes the concert, okay. mm -hmm. but the anonymous art supporter is not the Arts and Culture Alliance. Okay. So yeah, still no, it's anonymous. Somebody, it's anonymous. Mm -hmm. they, they are just humble people that, that love the arts, and yeah. they didn't want any accolades. Just... So uh, the first few shows, we had a seven-piece orchestra, and then uh, for New Year's Eve show, I just put it on backing tracks, and it was just Cece and the uh, uh, CD playing mm -hmm. the background music. And now for the concert on the 8th, we had a four, a three-piece band featuring uh, in the band with Stephen King. He's a national finger-picking champion uh, guitar player. Oh, mm. wow. And yeah. so he can play any style. Love that. And he plays melody, rhythm, and harmony all at the same time. Oh, that's Just amazing. Just an amazing guitarist. And then uh, Steve Couteau was on drums. He's a professional educated uh, percussionist. Mm -hmm. And Dan mm -hmm. Schmetke, uh, acoustic uh, bass player and just a fantastic musician. So I've been lucky, and mm -hmm. uh, usually with the cooperation of the um, American Federation of Musicians, Local 105 out of Spokane, they've been able to provide professional, responsible musicians who are very talented and oh, yeah. who show up on time. And yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's good when you're working with entertainers. That's right. <laughs> what do you mean, Gary? <laughs> yeah, right. What do you mean by that? Well, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> but Arti an artist is an artist is an artist. <laughs> Sometimes I think a lot of us are bipolar, but then I say, well, no, we aren't. <laughs> but anyway, so that's uh, one of the projects that I'm very passionate about, like I said, telling untold stories. Mm -hmm. And so along those lines, then uh, in 2016, prior to this, I actually wrote an opera about the Yakima Nation. Right. And it had been my desire to write an opera for years. However, there's not much motivation because uh, people mostly like to perform works by dead French, <laughs> Russian, or Italian composers. Yeah. Although I'm the American Puccini, but nobody knows it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll try to help you get yeah. the word out. So anyway, uh, so I wrote this opera and uh, Eastern Washington University performed five of my songs on concert. I have it on a video at my website. That's mm -hmm. the Qualchan Opera, right? Yeah. Yes. And actually, I changed the name to Qualchan and Wistocks to be politically correct. Oh, okay. Wistocks was uh, the love interest. So instead of being uh, two hours of gloom and doom, Wagnerian uh, there you go. disaster music, I have a love story interspersed with the uh, oh, nice. crises and the battle scenes and the We all uh, love conflict. a good love story. That's oh, right. yeah. Well, it was a true love story. In fact, the whole story was true. Mm -hmm. uh, but to cut to the chase, basically... Uh, the U.S. Army uh, was defeated and the militias were defeated several times by the natives. Uh, but then in the end, technology and the bugles and the cannons uh, won out. And uh, in 1858, in September, Kual Chan was hung mm. at uh, a place called Hangman's Creek uh, near Spokane, Washington. Mm -hmm. And that ended the conflict uh, and the war between uh, the Americans and the uh, natives. Wow. Now, a lot of people don't know that because when I grew up in Coeur d'Alene, I went to all 12 years of school here. I never learned anything about that. Right. Mm -hmm. We wow. didn't know that. The, I thought the natives just peacefully handed their of course, lifestyle, yeah. their culture, their religion, their way of life, their art, their music. I thought they just gave it all up and and welcome the Americans with the open arms. But it turns out that there's more to the story, but the victor writes more, the yeah. history, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, so 
like I said, Eastern Washington, uh, and I have a video on my website of their co concert performance, and uh, it's, if you don't mind if I tell it, no, it's go www.edwardsmusicsite.com, where you can hear most of my music and see many of the films and uh, videos that I've made with featuring my music. Mm -hmm. I had uh, 64 videos broadcast on CMTV, Channel 14 in Spokane, mm -hmm. so, so uh, by local groups and different groups. Uh, yeah, I love Channel 14. They broadcast just about everything I produce. Looking to sell or seeking that dream home? Nancy White of Coeur d'Alene Portfolio Real Estate is not your average real estate agent. Known as the real estate queen, Nancy has consistently garnered awards and accolades in sales production, education, and leadership while continuing to volunteer locally. And she is an avid supporter of our local arts community. Coeur d'Alene Portfolio Real Estate promises local real estate expertise plus concierge level service. Call Nancy today at 208-818-1126. So Gary, I, I remember you mentioning that you're possibly getting the opera out in uh, Tennessee. What, what, how hard is that? Well, I'll tell you, it's a lot easier to write an opera than it is to get it produced. <laughs> <laughs> the marketing and the promotion is the hard part yeah. for me, mm -hmm. anyway. Oh, yeah. But uh, so I met this lady online who uh, posted on a website called Alignable that she was starting a new opera company in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And so I emailed her, like I do a lot of times, and respond, and sometimes it works out. And in this case, her name is Paula Newberry. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, yeah, she wanted to start this opera company. And after discussing my opera for a while, she decided that she would open up with a premiere performance, and her first opera would be Qualchan and Wistocks. Yay! So I'm excited about that. And That's awesome. I've been Zooming with her every couple of weeks uh, for the last couple of months. And basically what we talk about is uh, setting up a nonprofit, setting up a board of directors, you know, the nuts and bolts of uh, getting something off the ground like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, giving her advice about applying for tax-exempt status and so on because I've started a couple of nonprofits myself mm -hmm. as well as for-profit stations. In fact, mm -hmm. I used to be a profit, but now I'm a nonprofit. Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah. Oh. Is that a joke? Uh, yeah, that's a joke. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to write my know. own Bible. <laughs> Gotcha. Anyway, so now I'm a, but, uh, so, uh, and then we hired a conductor just this week. Uh, her name is Kalina Bogle, and mm -hmm. she's a black Panamanian uh, extraction young lady who's very mm -hmm. busy, and so we were lucky to find her and get nice. her on board. And I've been looking for rehearsal pianists, and so this is uh, scheduled to be premiered in late August of 2022. That's great. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to know a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of the production, uh, basically, if we can raise enough funds to uh, put on a full performance with wardrobe and makeup and uh, set design and uh, acting and everything, then we'll do that route. If we barely make uh, minimal fundraising, we could just do an uh, oratorical-type performance right. mm -hmm. where they perform an opera, but with just uh, in concert style instead of with right. acting and dancing. Mm -hmm. So my goal would be to uh, do the full production, and I think this opera is worthy of a Pulitzer Prize. Ooh. That's actually my goal. Yeah. I think it helps Good. to help people understand what happened in the sure. change of cultures and uh, the loss of the native way of life, and I think it helps people to uh, forgive mm -hmm. once they understand what the uh, situation really was. Mm -hmm. Right. And I love so that. they can so they can 
uh, move forward instead of dwelling on the, the past. Right. right. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, um, Paul and I have been talking about doing an opera about the black experience where she would write the libretto and I would set it to music. Oh, cool. So nice. I've done a lot of work with other people uh, mm -hmm. where yeah. we team up like that. Mm-hmm. And she has an interesting story to tell, too. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if you want, I'll tell you a little bit of it. Yeah, uh, please. Basically, her, uh, one of her great-grandparents was a white lady, and, uh, but she loved black people, so she married a black man during slave days. Wow. And uh, so there's Ballsy. that part of her heritage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it took a lot of nerve to do that because at the time it was Ill illegal. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. To, I think until 1967 it was illegal for... That's right. ...in some states for right. uh, biracial couples to marry. Right. Mm -hmm. So she was a trendsetter. That's so cool. <laughs> a modern woman. Yeah. Wow. So there's Hats off that to her. story. There's uh, one story that we we're thinking about doing. Uh huh. And another story that we thought about doing was based on a book called "Running 1,000 Miles to Freedom," which was written by two escaped slaves in 1850. Mm hmm And uh, the lady was a house servant, and she was, uh, you know, the plantation owner was one of her ancestors, so she was almost white and could pass for white. And she knew how rich folks talked and their mannerisms. So she uh, dressed up as a uh, elderly male uh, rich person, and hmm. this and her husband uh, played the part of her slave. And oh, wow. she actually purchased tickets to Philadelphia, and they made it to freedom with several narrow escapes. And uh, if we can get the rights to that life story, then we'll, we'll probably write an opera about that That's adventure. That's amazing. Yeah. That's I a great I story. I love stories like that. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of stories mm -hmm. out there. And like the natives, it's like a treasure trove of stories that just, just waiting to be told. discovered. Right, yeah. And we need people you know, to tell the stories. And mm -hmm. it would be ideal if the natives could tell their own stories. In fact, I would encourage that and work mm -hmm. with any of them that mm -hmm. want help. But, right. uh, well, you seem to have a really good connection with the Coeur d'Alene tribe. And I... Well, that's one thing that I've been interested in all my life. When I was a little kid, I used to go see the natives, and they would come to the Coeur d'Alene for the 4th of July celebrations, mm -hmm. set up tents and do their beadwork and do their dancing, and I could hang out there all day and just sit and watch them mm -hmm. and like wonder that. what they were saying in their native language. And sure. So mm -hmm. I've been fascinated about this all my life. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's really cool. Now, you also are a writer. Yeah, I've written 17 books. 17? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's not that hard, really. You just well, start with one sentence and <laughs> one leads to another. But so what, what kind of books do you write? Oh, Can my goodness. A little of everything? A little of everything. Mm -hmm. I wrote a cookbook based on my grandmother's recipe box called mm. Grandma Swank's Recipe Box. Oh, cute. That's one of my bestsellers. And when she passed away at the age of 88, I took all of her recipes and put them in a cookbook and... I love that. Yeah, that was uh, something, like, and then gave them to all my family members. So mm -hmm. there was a family tradition involved there. Right. But she was a great cook. And then uh, I wrote a well, book. Well, I can't imagine making a cookbook from crappy recipes. <laughs> no. I mean, seriously. That would not, if you're oh. going to highlight that would not recipes, you yeah. want them to be good. Well. Mom's worst recipes. <laughs> well, I was, you want to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> I was born in 1941, so uh, when I was very little, my Grandmother cooked on a wooden cook stove, mm. believe oh. it or not. And I could smell homemade baked bread coming out of the mm. oven in the summertime. And it was sweltering hot like a sweat box in the kitchen. But oh, yeah. There the, is an the art smell of baked to bread cooking and on those uh, wood, wood stoves. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she was a former farmer's wife cook. So mm -hmm. during harvest, she would cook all day long for like 20 or 30 different uh, workmen doing the harvest. Oh, and yeah. make homemade pies every day and homemade breads. And I'm getting hungry. Oh, I my know. goodness. <laughs> and for, 
for Christmas, we'd have snickerdoodle cookies and mm. oh, homemade pickles and preserves. Oh. It was great. That all sounds yeah. good. Yeah. So that was one of my uh, projects. And then I wrote a joke book about the Aryans that had uh, been <laughs> setting and uh, setting. I want to read that one. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, there's a joke about what kind of, uh, did you hear about the Aryan flashlight? It was solar powered. <laughs> several jokes like that very puerile I guess you could say but my whole family helped me write the jokes and oh, uh, then a guy named Earl Christian drew uh, 40 or 50 cartoons so there's uh, several cartoons oh cool yeah at one point I toyed with the idea of putting them on t-shirts and oh boy and I'll tell you another interesting story uh, is that uh, I found a distributor and he uh, suggested my books to several bookstores, and they turned them down because they said they'd lose too much money from book sales to the Aryans Nazis. Oh. oh. So this is around 1987. Oh, yeah. Hello, Allie and Callie, our cast listeners. Tubbs Coffee Roasters is offering you 20% off your next coffee purchase at our roastery. Just mention this ad and get 20% off our core blends of Beast, Double Eagle, or Teacher's Pet. Also, redeemable online at TubbsCoffeeRoasters.com with promo code AllieCalli20. That's A-L-I-C-A-L-L-I-E-2-0. Tubbs Coffee Roasters. Globally sourced, locally roasted. So, yeah, I've been a civil rights activist since I was 22 years old, mm -hmm. starting in Kentucky where I was teaching school. I just mm -hmm. didn't like the way black people were treated in the South. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I grew just, up in the South. Well, I took a trip to Georgia and when I was 14 years old with my mother to visit my brother at Fort Gordon, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And no, I wouldn't treat a dog the way they were treating black yeah. people back then. I mm -hmm. know. It, it, it's it's horrifying. And yeah. the fight is still going on. Yeah. And I'm eight yeah, years absolutely. old and we're still I know. I feel like I feel like we've gone backwards a little bit in yep. just recent oh, yeah. years. It's really, yeah. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Hmm. So anyway... Uh, what was I talking about? The opera and uh, opera. So writing rights. and writing your, your books. books. Oh, writing books. Yeah. So I wrote a memoir. It's called The Chinese Curse. Uh, it has nothing to do with China, but anyway, it has to do with the <laughs> fact the Chinese have a curse when they're mad at you. They say, uh, "May you live an interesting life." <laughs> and so I thought an interesting life would be a boring title for the book. I'll spice it up and call it the Chinese, Chinese Curse. Okay, curse. that's fun. I think that's Sounds fun. Sounds like a Hardy that's, Brothers that's, uh, novel yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, help, I'm being cap held captive in a fortune cookie factory. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and that's basically a true story. And uh, growing up in Coeur d'Alene from 1941 to 1961. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically... Uh, You've seen the changes. When yeah. I was uh, three years old... My father was uh, an alcoholic and uh, irresponsible, but anyway, he packed us up in the back of a pickup truck, and we migrated to uh, Texas to look for work. Instead of going from south to north, we went from north, north to, to south, south, and he wanted to get a job, and so uh, that didn't work out, so we ended up in my uncle's garage in Los Angeles, uh, and so basically we were homeless, and uh, at mm -hmm. one point... My uncle kicked us out of the house for using too much toilet paper when he, he got drunk one night. <laughs> oh, boy. So wow. we ended up in a homeless shelter for a couple of days. Wow. And then my parents finally divorced when I was six years old, and we moved to Coeur d'Alene. But anyway, uh, when we were living in that garage, I remember seeing my father sitting down with his friend who could write sheet music, and the, my father was writing songs. He was a pretty much a dreamer. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm a dreamer, but I also like to pay the rent every you, month. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> you follow through. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's one of my earliest memories. And then uh, my grandfather p- played the fiddle. He was a um, blacksmith in the 1940s in um, Spirit Lake, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm basically related. I was related to half the people in Spirit Lake uh-huh. for a long time. It was hard to get a date. <laughs> I'd ask a girl out. She'd say, no, no. Gary, you're my cousin. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I was out of luck for a long time in Spear Lake. But anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, so then, uh, so uh, so I lived in Coeur d'Alene and went through all 12 years of school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started taking music lessons in the fifth grade when R.J. Farringer was my music teacher at and this was his last year after teaching many years in Coeur High School. He was the uh-huh. first music teacher in Coeur High School. Wow. So uh, I always say that I take credit that I was the reason why he quit teaching. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Yep. Gary, anyway. Gary, wore me out. That's I'll it. tell you another story that's kind of a shocker. Is uh, One time I asked my uh, music teacher, you know, what's the difference between a fiddle and a violin? And he said, well, it's like the difference between a Negro and the N-word. Oh, so Ouch. <laughs> that tells you the frame of mind that people had back in the 1940s, yeah, and 1950s, right. yeah. Wow. And that was a little bit of a shock. I never forgot that. I'm yeah. sure. And uh, so then the next year, Gil Burns was my teacher in the uh, sixth grade, and I had him for six years, and he was like a father figure to me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he was a substitute father figure, a very nice man, and I give him a lot of credit. And the Cortland School District credit for having a great music program. I mean, mm-hmm. we went to Calgary, we went to Pocatello, we went all over the country, you know, playing in festivals. And What's uh, your main right. instrument, Gary? Well, in high school and grade school, uh, it was the tuba. Oh. oh. I was a prodigy. Mm-hmm. I oh. used to play, when Yuba plays the rumba on the tuba down in Cuba, <laughs> uh, during the breaks at the basketball games and dance on the floor in the center of the court. Oh, my God. But like I say, I had a good pucker. Yeah. But I was too bashful to ask girls out back then. Oh, man, when I was in high school, I was so bashful. But by being in drama and by being in band, I got over some of that. Yeah, it's a great way to meet girls. Yeah, a great way to meet girls, I thought. Well, and interact with people, which helps you get past that shyness. And, of course, as you discover more about what you can do, then you're a little more empowered to be you. Well, I was in the second rock and roll band in Spokane. Oh, really? Yeah. What was that called? It was called The Rockers, and Tom Stewart was the leader, and he looked and sang like Buddy Holly. Wow. Oh, fun. And so, uh, (laughs) but we sang songs by Chuck Berry and uh, Bill Haley and the Comets and Mm -hmm. uh, Little Richard, and just had a great time. And uh, we played at the uh, Spokane Coliseum with thousands of people in the crowd. Wow. And played all over this area, like Creston, British Columbia, down to Orofino, Idaho. Amazing. And as far as getting the girls goes, you know, when you're in the band, you got a short cord, so you can't really go out and connect with the girls. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, usually afterwards, the girls would go home, and then you'd drive back to wherever you were going. Right. Were you playing the tuba in that band? Oh, no. I, uh, guitar? I added electric on. bass and string and bass go. and okay. guitar when I was in the ninth grade, so uh-huh. those were a little more commercial. <laughs> right. But one time uh, we played in Creston. And uh, so afterwards, uh, the boys in Canada were mad at us because we were getting a lot of attention from the local girls. So this one carload started following us and wanting Uh-oh. to fight. 
So Tom shined his spotlight on his uh, 54 Ford into the rear and blinded them so they couldn't keep up with us. <laughs> and then we got back across the border where we had left one car because it broke down. It was a 36 Plymouth. Uh-huh. So uh, Tom d- dropped us off because he had a date back in Canada. So here we are at midnight. The border's about ready to close. Tom's oh gone. There's no motels around. And we're stuck at the border. So the uh, With the broken down car? Yeah. Oh, so geez. the border patrolman uh, took pity on us. And he first he offered to let us sleep at the volunteer fire station. And we were in there freezing, and so finally uh, let us sleep in sleeping bags on his front porch. Oh, nice. And then the next day, the drummer's father came and uh, picked us up in a 34 Plymouth. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, That's a story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, left I could, at the border. I could talk on and off these right. stories. I was yeah. left in Alaska once. Yes, you were. I know. I love that story. Oh, anyway, I'd like to a, hear that story. Yeah, yeah. well. Yeah, I, yours is better. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. That's still a pretty, pretty good story about drunk guy. Yeah, drunk yeah. guy. But <laughs> anyway, so you also classically trained, correct? Yeah. Um, I was just going to mention that. In fact, uh, when I was still in high school, I got an offer to play with the Spokane Symphony. Yeah. So the first time I heard an orchestra, classical orchestra, was when I started playing in it. <laughs> Wow. Isn't that crazy? And, uh, that year we played the Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, which I fell in love with. And then mm-hmm. the next year we played Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, mm-hmm. which is impossibly hard mm-hmm. for any orchestra. And mm-hmm. uh, so I was exposed to a lot of great music, and I majored in music and, uh, at the University of Idaho. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I pl- Yay, University Go of Idaho. Vandals. Go yeah. Vandals. <laughs> <laughs> so that was 14 years of school in Idaho. And then uh, I played for a music educators conference contest or festival in Spokane and the adjudicator was Joseph Gingold and he recruited me to transfer to Indiana University where I graduated. Mm-hmm. Nice. And in Indiana University my main job was playing in the opera orchestra mm-hmm. and that was mm-hmm. great because all I had to do was count rests and look at the girls on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Were you playing the tuba then? No I was playing string bass. Oh string bass okay. <laughs> like I said the string bass had more applications and there was more job opportunities so I yeah. switched to string bass when I went to college. Okay mm-hmm. oh that's awesome. But my first love was the tuba. Yeah. And I you also um, have composed music for television or movies? Well, I've, or both. Perf- I've composed for both. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, Channel 14 in Spokane has performed 64 of my broadcasts mm-hmm. featuring my music mostly. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, had a couple of live music uh, theater uh, productions. One was called The Friendly Enemy and the other one was called Christmas on the Concourse. In fact, that one was performed on Broadway. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, Broadway Avenue That's in Spokane. Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. The, hey, the Ignite. it's Broadway. Hey, we'll the, take it. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, take it. It's Broadway. It's, it's called the Ignite Theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. So I was on their board for three years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, when I listen to radio, actually, I listen to classical music. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite genre. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I listen to that when I need to calm down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I well, like I've it. got a CD just for you then. Yeah, oh, yeah. see? It's I a like light, jazz, see. easy listening CD like called that. Reflections. And Ooh, uh, yeah. a lot of my customers say well, it helps them right. go to sleep at oh, night. Oh, I, I want that one too. <laughs> yeah, we're actually going to play some of Gary's yeah, music. Yeah. Did you know that right here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, we have one of the nation's premier anti-bullying programs for students? Since 2006, Stu Cave and the Ovation Company has been helping students and educators reach their full potential by following this simple philosophy. Work hard, play fair, be kind. 
For more information on how to make your school a kinder place, visit www.ovationcompany.com. I think we're really fortunate to have a couple of Gary's songs. Yeah, I want to hear we, them. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play those in just a minute. But I want Gary to talk a little bit about a little bit more about Wataino and mm-hmm. which song we're gonna play from that. Sure. And um, your other album. Yeah, sounds good. Well, uh, yeah, it's uh, nice to play music, just not talk about it too. Right. <laughs> so uh, the way uh, I got the Wataino album. Uh, started was that I was down at the art walk one Friday night and I walked into this uh, gallery or coffee shop both and uh, they said there was a guy there that had played uh, hand percussion with Stevie Wonder and he was from Puerto Rico so I looked around and it wasn't hard to spot and uh, my (laughs) friend Orlando (laughs) Mm -hmm. Orlando Sanchez yeah he had gold chains around his neck and a bright tropical shirt and (laughs) I walked up to him in Spanish and introduced myself and so we talked in Spanish for about a half an hour and we were joking and laughing and uh, we hit it off right away and so his name was Orlando Sanchez and uh, so we became friends we started hanging out together we started going to open mics and jamming together at different clubs in Spokane and Coeur d'Alene mm-hmm. and uh, Calypso Cafe and places like that so uh, after a while he said to me do you want to make a CD together and I said no I said I've got 12 CDs out already I kind of burned out you know I was mm-hmm. thinking about, I hadn't even thought about doing a CD and he says well come on so so we uh, started working on CD together, and he would come over to my house, and we'd work for a couple of hours. He would suggest a melody and whistle it or, or hum it, and I would uh, write some melodies uh, on the music software, and I could write music, and he sh- introduced me to some Latin rhythms like reggaeton and andino and Car- Afro-Caribbean type rhythms, mm-hmm. So and he would dictate these you know, by humming them, and so because he couldn't read or write music, and some of them were pretty hard, difficult to transcribe. But mm-hmm. uh, so I, sometimes I got a little frustrated, and I'd have to take a break after an hour or two. But uh, and then we'd have dinner and just chat and goof off, and uh, just became close friends. It was the most fun project that I'd worked with. Nice. That's awesome. And uh, so yeah, he showed me videos of him playing with Donna Summers, and uh, he uh, was the house band for one of the uh, Emeralds TV cooking shows. Oh. Because he was playing all these originals pieces of music for their transitions oh, and breaks. Right. yeah. And then uh, he showed me play, uh, when he was playing a video uh, performing hand percussions with uh, Stevie Wonder. So, yeah, he was the real deal. I mean, you know, a lot of people talk a good talk, but it's the performance that uh, tells you if they're the real deal or not. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and basically, uh, his melodies that he, who he would write were kind of like the short, repetitive uh, melodies and I would write more flowing, longer lyrical lines. Mm-hmm. One, one song that I wrote, he said, well, that sounds like an opera. That's so cool, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, and then I would uh, arrange it for like a seven-piece band, a flute, violin, drums, bass, keyboard. Mm-hmm. So uh, we worked on it all the year of 2019 and called it Wataino, which stands for Washington because that's where he was living at the time. Mm-hmm. And Taino is the original native tribe of Puerto Rico. In oh. fact, <laughs> I'll tell you a sad story. Uh, basically, the Taino tribe was the original inhabitants of Puerto Rico, and the Spaniards came over in the 1500s, 
And so they uh, treated them like gods, and they thought they were gods because they had all these uh, muskets and metal and, right. and trinkets and mirrors and beads. And uh, But then after a while, they started getting upset because the Spaniards were exploiting them and exploiting their women and uh, expropriating their property and land and gold or whatever they was there. Right. So they were becoming obnoxious. So the Indians, uh, well, I guess Native Americans is the politically correct term, but anyway, mm -hmm. I slip into my old talk once in a while. Mm -hmm. So uh, the cacique, which was the chief, and some of the tribesmen decided, well, they were going to test to see if they really were gods. So they talked this guy Calvados into going with him down to the riverbank, and there they drowned him. Oh. And so they left his body on the bank, and they said, well, if they're really gods, he'll, he'll be he'll resurrected in three days, just like they've been preaching, you know. Oh, yeah. So after three days, the uh, Calvados didn't come back to life, of course, and... Uh, so the uh, natives started a uh, revolt, which they knew they couldn't win. Mm -hmm. uh, so to make a long story short, uh, the Spaniards murdered all the men and raped all the women, and that's how you ended up with the ethnic group called Puerto Ricans. Oh, wow. wow. And so I was trying to, uh, we wrote this CD called Wataino, and I was trying to figure out some way to make it a Disney production. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. where you have a happy ending or something yeah. like that, and a princess and all that. Uh, so we're still thinking about that project. Right. Well, because uh, Orlando had worked for Disney uh, World in Orlando, Florida. Orlando from Orlando. <laughs> uh, in Florida for 13 years. So uh, he was uh, had a lot of connections with Disney and uh, had mm -hmm. actually been featured on the soundtracks of some oh. movies like Dora the Explorer mm -hmm. and other Disney uh, projects. Right. So... Uh, there were some uh, hotels at Disney World that were interested in taking our CD, Wataino CD, and turning it into a live production with dancing and singing and lyrics and things. Uh -huh. But then the virus put an, uh, a kibosh, kibosh on, on all of yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Wow. But anyway, uh, getting back to the music. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. Well, this song called Watabiri Bird is one of my favorites. It has uh, festejo rhythms, Celtic rhythms, Celtic rhythms, mm -hmm. uh, Afro. And uh, basically, according to uh, Orlando's program notes, Watabiri in Taino language means kingbird. It represents the brave native birds of the Caribbean Sea Islands and the natives. The birds tended to defend their uh, chicks aggressively and chasing away much larger birds. Okay. So that's what the uh, tenor of this music is about. Okay. Oh, cool.
So uh, I've written several songs in English and Spanish, bilingual songs, mm -hmm. and uh, started several. So I've been looking for somebody who could sing English and Spanish very well in both languages and mm -hmm. uh, had difficulty finding somebody like that over the years. Uh, either they could sing English or they could sing Spanish. I even had a talent show at a restaurant in Spokane, a Mexican restaurant, to try to find a female or male singer. Mm -hmm. But anyway, on this uh, alignable website that I mentioned earlier, uh, somebody posted that they were a singer uh, from Cuban-American uh, parents. So I contacted her. Her name was Ivana Cespedes, which Cespedes means grasses, oh. by the way. So just like Giuseppe Verdi means Joe Green. But anyway, right. <laughs> when you translate the names, they don't sound that <laughs> uncommon. They're a little more romantic. Yeah, yeah. yeah the language is more language. romantic. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so I sent Ivana a, a demo tape of the... Uh, song and it's called Estaré Ahí, Estaré Ahí, mm -hmm. which means I will be there. And uh, I'd written it f as an instrumental. It was on a CD called Reflections uh, featuring Tom Stryker, a harmonica player. But anyway, it was originally an instrumental CD mm -hmm. song. And uh, so I wrote new lyrics for it uh, called I Will Be There. If, you know, if the universe ends, if the moon stops shining, I'll be there. If you need somebody to talk with, wherever you are, I'll be there. And Beautiful lyrics. Nice. Yeah. I We're looking forward to hearing that one. Yes. It's a beautiful song, a romantic song in English and Spanish, featuring Ivana Cespedes. Let's listen. Yeah. 
That was great. That was awesome. I love yeah. that music. So Gary, it it is just absolutely fascinating listening to you and your stories and your jokes. You're funny and yes. you're talented and you have so much going on and we really appreciate you taking the time to I come. I feel a little like I'm lazy. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Because Gary's so busy. He's so busy, I know. He's got he's got a lot going yeah. on. By the way, let the ladies out there know that I've been married for 45 years. That's so. right. Oh, yes. He so acts like he can't get the girls. Right. Look, look at that. Right. 44 years? 45. 45. That's, yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gary. Yep. This has been a delight. And it's we're great. looking forward to uh, the Qualchan. Yes. More concerts uh, with Mildred it's the Bailey. the Qualchan Opera, but it's actually the Qualchan Wahaina. Qualchaino. Wahaino. Yes. Yeah. And then again, your website is www.edwardsmusicsite.com. Mm -hmm. Site S I T E. Yes. That's right. So be sure to check it out because and there you is can, a lot there. Yeah, you can hear more of his music and get read more about all of the things that Gary does. Right. Yeah, you can actually stream the songs, most of the songs are right, right off my website. Mm -hmm. So perfect. So perfect. Yay. So thank you again. Thank you. And Muchas I'm, gracias. No. De nada. De nada. Oh, okay, bueno. Señor. Encantado. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. Adios. <laughs> Adios, amigo. Right. Oh. So I'm Allie. And I'm Callie. And whatever you do today, make sure it's creative. The Allie and Callie Artcast is brought to you by the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance and sponsored by The Ovation Company, Scraps Barbecue, Tubbs Coffee Roasters, and Coeur d'Alene Portfolio Real Estate.